All right, Coach. So I, I always ask this question to people first. Go in whatever direction you'd like with it. When you think back to your childhood uh, and, and maybe some of your experiences, what really stands out to you about who you were as a kid and, and what you experienced growing up? Um, I, mean, I would think that the one thing about me is um, <clears throat> I'm the youngest of seven kids. So, so I have a big family. My mom and her, her siblings, it was 12, and my dad, it was nine. So I'm, you know, I'm like being around big families, and I have a, <laughs> six children myself. So um, that's something that, you know, I really enjoy being around, you know, family um, and being sports family, too. I mean, we, grew up, we all grew up watching sports and being involved with sports and find my kids um, kind of being attracted to it the same way. And who were, when you were a kid, who were some of the influences that, uh, I guess, created that environment of a sports family? Was it your siblings or, uh, you know, someone, you know, older, the generation above? Like, who were the people that kind of pushed you all towards sports? I mean, my parents were into it. I mean, you know, my siblings are older than myself. The closest one to me is four years older than, than me. So I pretty much, you know, grew up and they were already in the sport. So um, being from Northeast Ohio and having a lot of sports and sports teams there and, and just the city itself. I mean, sports were, was big in my hometown in Canton, Ohio. So, um, and it was fun. I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, so, you know, my, my mom and dad didn't necessarily push me into sports. Um, they enjoyed it. I would probably say if anybody in my family was probably my older brother, um, Bo, or Patrick, Patrick is his name, but we call him Bo. It's probably the one that kind of pushed me to sports and kind of coached me when I was younger. Was it always basketball as your first love, or was there another sport when you were younger that you were maybe a little more drawn to? No, football is my favorite sport to this day. And I know you've got a, a yeah. son who's a really good football player, and I think he's going to, uh-huh. to your old stomping grounds in Michigan State. So I guess uh, since you bring up football – uh, before we get to to him, what was it about football that you loved, and uh, you know how how did you get I guess introduced to football? Well, I mean it's you know it's Canton, Ohio, so it's a pro football hall of fame. So um, everyone there um, is kind of around football a lot. <clears throat> I enjoyed it. I mean I enjoyed um, the playing of, of football as a youth, and um, I enjoyed watching it. and And I played it up until high school, and then I started. I wanted to kind of play basketball as well um I think the biggest difference with why I stopped playing football was because I didn't like the the off-season stuff like I didn't like the fact that you had to wait a week to play games like I didn't like the lifting and doing all of this work and then for (laughs) 10 games in the fall that just was boring to me so that that part of is kind of what pushed me towards basketball um but I was head and shoulders way better in football than I ever was in basketball as, as when I was growing up. What position did you play or, or what would you have played had you pursued football? Um, I think, I mean, I, my best interest was on defense was safety. Um, offensively, I think I would be called what they, what they call an athlete because I played multiple positions. I played running back, receiver, quarterback. So uh, I guess that's what they would have called me back then. And, you know, co- compared to what they – call my son and all these guys now an athlete. And and your son Darius is going to Michigan State. He was you know, a highly regarded recruit. So uh, 
what was it like for you as a parent? I mean, you went through that process as an athlete yourself. What was it like for you as a parent? Because I know just in in knowing you for a few years, uh, the attention directed towards your son was not something that just sprung up out of nowhere. He's been in the spotlight and uh, probably the interest of a lot of big programs for a few years. So what was it like for you kind of seeing that unfold and, uh, and, and what was your level of involvement in all that? I mean, I, I mean, I, I obviously went through it, um, you know, differently than him because of the, you know, the times are different. Um, I coached in college, so I kind of knew what to expect and the rules and everything as far as the process. Um, but as far as him, I mean, the detention came and it came, um, you know, fairly quick. Like he, he had took a break from football and he liked, he played it when he was younger Then he hadn't played it from the sixth grade to his sophomore year. So he didn't play at all. So he started back playing and he played one season and then he gets all these offers, um, for playing one season. Um, but it was more than the process of, you know, really researching, you know, if this is what you want to do and this is what you like to do, um, research it, put your work in, um, get to know the coaches, get to know the people that you're talking to. Um, I'll do my part and kind of take you on these college campuses and, and let you experience it and see what they have to offer. Um, you know, make your pros and cons list and, and kind of make an educated decision based on, um, where you at their defensive style, the coaches. So he, he made that decision and, you know, of course he may, he chooses Michigan state on his own. And then, you know, of course the coaches leave. Um, but that's what, those are what some of the situations that we talked about. If, if a change was to happen or if someone left, um, would you still feel comfortable in your decision? So I think that he went through the process and he still feels good about it. All right. So that's where you went. Uh, yeah. and, and you went obviously to play basketball a lot of people, when they think of Michigan State basketball, obviously a you know a program with tremendous history, but uh, they think of Tom Izzo. Now, I believe you actually played for Judd Heathcote, who is also yeah. a legend in his own right. What was what was it like playing for him, and and what was your experience like playing at a big time program like Michigan State? Um, well, it was it was it was good. I mean, I'm, you know, I, being in the Midwest, I wanted to play in the Big Ten because you know, as, as us older guys know that the the chance for your parents to see you on national TV or see you on TV um, was higher the closer you were. And the Big Ten, you know, had the old Raycom where the games came on television. So you wanted to kind of play closer to home and play in the Big Ten. So um, I wanted to go to Ohio State um, bad, and you know, and they didn't recruit me. So um, I got an opportunity to um, Wisconsin or Michigan State were the two Big Ten teams that um, – made offers in Michigan state. My older brother had went there. So I was kind of, you know, familiar with the area. Um, coach Heathcote was a terrific coach, terrific guard coach, helped me out a great deal. Um, you know, assistant coaches who all my assistant coaches that were there all ended up being, um, head coaches in college basketball. So I had a, a good group that was there to help me out a great deal. Who were the assistant coaches when you were there? Uh, coach Izzo. Um, was actually named coach as was actually named head coach in waiting my freshman year, but didn't take over until I left for whatever reason. Um, Stan Joplin, um, Jim Boylan, who's the head coach of the Bulls now, um, Brian Gregory, um, were the coaches when I was there. All right. And what point did you realize that, okay, so, you know, football was your love and, and still is, 
But at what point did you realize, hey, like I'm also pretty good at this basketball thing, and and maybe this is going to be my path? Was it when you were in high school? Before that, when did that all kind of develop? That that was definitely high school. Um, well, I went played on varsity, and and I ended up, and I wasn't even supposed to play. Started like my sophomore year. Um, one of our seniors got in trouble, and they ended up starting me, and I scored 19 points my first varsity game. And I ended up starting the rest of my career. <laughs> so basketball just kind of took off. But every year I was going to play football. And then I had the basketball people telling me not to play. And I had the football people telling me you should play because no one no one looked at me and said, hey, he's a good basketball player that got a chance to go to the NBA. They were just saying he's a basketball player that can go to college. But they kind of looked at me as a football player that can go to the NFL. That's kind of how I was looked at. Then my brother had success and ended up playing in the NFL. Uh, but it, w- it was a big deal that I didn't play um, football all the way through. You know, my, my head coach was uh, – our football head coach was Tom McDaniels, which is Josh McDaniels' dad. Oh, wow. I mean, so you were just surrounded yeah. <laughs> by all sorts of coaches, whether at college or before yeah. that. Do you, do you remember a, a little Josh McDaniels running around as – uh, this guy's gonna be a yeah a yeah we've seen coach. we've seen them all like you know because he coached my brother um my old my brother and they they lost they went to the state championship and later they lost to Cincinnati Molar. so I, I mean I know the history of my hometown and all the coaches and everybody that came through there and all the players before me um, so I know pretty much all of those guys so all the coaches and I know Coach McGee um, a great deal I know he wasn't really too happy with me when I didn't play football but other than <laughs> that. Um, you know, he's been good to me and been good to my family. I mean, he did a good, great job with my, my brother and other people, um, my you know nephews and younger people that he coached as well. All right, so, Eric, you had a really long NBA career, and, and we're going to get into that, uh, you know, the what you achieved in your NBA career and the length. I mean, it's it really kind of puts you in a, in a unique class. But I, unless I'm mistaken, I – I don't think you really started at Michigan State until your senior year, and I guess I'm curious at what point, like your senior year before that started, if I would have told you you would have had the NBA career you had as long as it was playing the role you played on some really good teams. I mean, did you did you believe that you were capable of that at that time, or were you just still kind of developing? Like, wh- where were you at? Because I think if you look at your NBA career and then look at your your college numbers, I think people would have been surprised that that guy became the NBA player you were. So so what was it like for you, I guess, continuing to grow and develop as a player? Uh, and, and was that a surprise to you at, at that time that you had ended up accomplishing what you did? Well, I mean, I, you know, when I, when I went to Michigan State, you know, no one – I mean, I, would, I believed that I could be an NBA player because I was clueless. Um, <laughs> but, <clears throat> excuse me, I ended up starting my um, sophomore year. Um, and that's when I struggled mightily from the free throw line on on limited attempts. And then I just <clears throat> kept getting better. Um, then, you know, after that season, I'm struggling from the free throw line and struggling to score, and the team is, didn't do as well as we did before. And Coach Heathcote kind of pulls me in his office, and he was like, well, just keep doing – you know, we had our talk, and he was like, well, just keep doing what I asked you to do. Um and you can you you got a chance to play in the NBA for ten years. I'm like, man, I was 
Man, get out of it. What are you talking about the NBA? I'm not even thinking about the NBA. I'm thinking about graduating and going to get a job with um, with Ford or GM and follow my major. Like, that's all I'm focusing on. So he was he was saying, no, I said, just the things that you do well, they'll have a spot for you in the NBA if you do that. So I was like, okay, well, I mean, that's when I went home and I just started thinking about it. I just I made the list that I still use for my um, – Boys, today we have three things we believe in. We, we we thank God, we work hard, we have fun. And no matter everything that I do, I'm going to make sure that I do those things. Um, and I made that list in college. So it, I just started, <clears throat> got with my assistant coach, Stan Joplin, made a workout plan, kept playing basketball, kept getting better, kept getting better. And then my going in, then in my senior year, um, we had, a, I think we were ranked top 10 most of the time. And all of a sudden, I had some agents try to call, and I'm like, uh-oh, what is, you know, what is this? And then all of a sudden I got an invite to the um, senior camp, you know, in Phoenix, and coach called me in. He was like, <clears throat> they invited you. He said, well, I thought you were going to have to go through Portsmouth, but they invited you straight there. So I, had, I was able to skip Portsmouth. So he was like, somebody really likes you. So come to find out um, – a guy that was an advocate for me that was pushing me, my name to a lot of NBA teams was, uh, you know, the great scout, Marty Blake. Oh, wow. Who actually liked what I did and was telling NBA teams that this is a guy that can, he may not be a starter. So nobody was, everybody said he may not be a starter, but he's a good reserve. He's a good guy to have on your team. So he started really pushing my name. And then you, you start your NBA career with Seattle, and your first two and a half seasons, you don't play a ton, uh, and then you get traded to Philadelphia. So I guess my first question, two parts here. One, what was that like trying to make your way those first couple years, and then how did that cha- uh, that trade to Philadelphia just change your career? Well, I mean, it was, it was interesting. I mean, I got drafted by Milwaukee, and I had talked to Milwaukee, but I didn't work out for Milwaukee. So come to find out, they ended up drafting me for Seattle, who I had worked out for. So it made sense. So I go to Seattle, and Seattle was a veteran team, excuse me, coming off of, um, you know, two first-round losses back consecutive years when they had one of the best records in the league. So when I went there, it was all about just trying to work hard, and I couldn't have picked a better place for me. Um, George Carl, um <clears throat> He just basically challenged me, and he really coached young guys hard. Like, he felt young guys needed to go to, to the minor leagues. So he really coached me hard. I had um, Coach Gergrich, who spent um unlimited amount of time with me, helping me get better. Um, and then I had every, like, the veterans on the team, like, I had a veteran for almost anything that you can imagine, um, from Hersey Hawkins being a, a father and, that love shrimp working out with me, Nate McMillan on how to run a team and leadership, how to talk to players from Gary Payton, how to compete. And it was, it was nonstop from David Wingate and Vince asked how to be a reserve and how to not show your emotions when you don't play. It was, it was, I got it. I got touched in every way. So I would never change the path, even though I wanted to play. Um, it was meant for me to go through that because I be, ended up being, uh, and taking a lot of things from that experience and helping other people um, later in my career. So that went, then we ended up, you know, we won 64 games that year. I mean, no one talks about it because that was the year the Bulls won 72. I mean, we lost in the NBA finals. So it was, 
good two years, um, two and a half years, then I, you know, before I was traded to um, Philadelphia. And then you go to Philadelphia, and uh, I think that's when a lot of people really started to become familiar with you, yeah. and, and it's it's where you really got your first opportunity to start. And, and gosh, you know, you you we've already mentioned so many coaches that you've played for, you, George Carl at the NBA level, all of the coaches you talked about. Uh, leading up to that, and now you get to go and, and ultimately play for Larry Brown. Uh, so, what 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 clicked in Philadelphia, or or in what ways did you grow that allowed you uh, to handle the responsibility of being the the point guard for a team that was competing for an NBA championship? Well, I mean, I think that when I I was I did two years in Seattle, and going into my third year, I ended up re-signing with Seattle. But one of the teams that um, tried to get me to sign was Philadelphia with Larry Brown, who had just got there and the Miami heat with Pat Riley. So those are the two teams that was trying to get me to leave Seattle. So I ended up going back to Seattle. And then as things kind of went the same way, they ended up playing Greg Anthony because George wanted to play a um, older guy. So Wally Walker had promised my agent, Hey, if Eric isn't playing more, you know, we'll try to find a place for him. Um, and Philadelphia was still there. So um, I got traded in Philadelphia. I went from not playing at all. I got traded to Philadelphia um, on a Sunday morning, and by Sunday night I was there, and I played the next day at 2 (laughs) o'clock on MLK Day. Uh, That's how bad I wanted to play. And I ended up playing, not just, you know, just dressing up. I was actually playing in the game. Um and then from that point on, I ended up playing the rest of the season. They had Allen Iverson. Um, he was starting the point guard. Then the end of the year, that's when the lockout came. But when I, on my exit meeting, um, Coach Brown was like, come back and try to start. Because at the end of that season, we would always – Allen started, but we ended every game with me at the point and Allen at the two and Aaron McKee at the three. That's how we ended almost every game. So coach is saying like, I want if you I want you to come back and compete for the starting position. I'm like, well, Allen's a starting point guard. He was like, we go move him to we can move him to the off to the wing. So I was like, okay, well I'll try. And then we ended up drafting Larry Hughes. So I'm like, well, okay, well they're gonna start Larry, and come back that next year after the lockout. We only have like two weeks for training camp, and. <clears throat> We played, obviously, it was starting Tim Thomas and Larry Hughes, and it's just, we were just, they were just, like, it just wasn't going well. Like, the second team, we were beating them, like, all the time. And some of the things that Coach wanted to see, you know, they weren't doing, so they was like, okay, the young guys aren't ready. Let's start Eric at the point, and we'll start George at the at the three. Um, then we ended up starting. We ended up clicking. We ended up making the playoffs, and Philly had made the playoffs in, like, um, eight years or something like that. And we ended up, it just rolled from there. I mean, Allen took off, obviously. Our team took off. And within two years, we were in the NBA Finals. And and you mentioned, so NBA Finals with Seattle, NBA Finals with Philadelphia, NBA Finals with the Cavs. What was that like? I mean, that, that that's obviously uh, the, the, the pinnacle of what you try to achieve as a player. And I, and I know you guys came up short, but to be on that stage with the entire basketball world watching you, you know, it's funny, you, you mentioned your, your decision to go to Michigan State and, and 
to have a chance for maybe your, your family and friends to be able to see you on TV. Well, you know, now you got people all over the world watching you on TV. Yeah. So, so what, what were those experiences like being in the finals? I mean, it's, it's, to me, it was awesome. I mean, it's, you know, obviously I would have wanted to, to win. Um, but you know, when you're doing something like that and you're playing at that level, I mean, second place isn't that bad. <laughs> I, enjoy, you know, I didn't, obviously I would want to win, but to be able to experience that and then experience on every team that I played for. And, you know, you know, obviously the, the Sixers hadn't been in 18 years or whatever it was. The Cavs had never been, um, Seattle hadn't been in, you know, what, 17 years or whatever that was. So it was, we were doing something that in each situation that, you know, like Cavs never been done and, 15 plus years hadn't been done in the other two places. So it was, it was making it, but it was also bringing excitement to areas that hadn't really tasted it in a while or at all. Of the, of the finals you went to, was there one, you know, you mentioned you ran into the Jordan bulls and, and I don't know who the heck was going to beat them that year. And uh, was there one though, where you're like, man, that, that was our chance or, or that was the one that got away or, or did, are you able uh, to kind of, I mean, the, I mean, I think uh, the Cavs team. We were, we were. I mean, LeBron was so young. I mean, we we made it. We were good enough. We actually played the Spurs pretty well during the regular season. Um, but at that time, and Larry Hughes didn't play. Um, that was tough. I mean, the Seattle team was probably my best team, but we just we played arguably one of the best teams ever played. Uh, believe it or not, it was the the Sixers Lakers. I mean, everybody say that the Lakers were invincible, but um, we were all injured. I, mean, I had a broken ankle. I mean, we had like George Lynch barely played. Like we, we weren't healthy. I would have wanted to see um, that series if we were healthy and if we were to, you know, not giving up the last game of the year and we would have had home court advantage. Like we, our guys didn't play. Some of our guys didn't play the last game of the year. We ended up losing to a losing team and lost home court advantage because, the Spurs had the best record in the West. So people were thinking, well, we can't catch the Spurs. But the Lakers had the second best record. And the Lakers won and we lost and we ended up losing the tiebreaker to them. So that's how they ended up getting home court advantage. Oh, wow. I, I you know, I, I, I didn't, when I think back to that season, that's a, that's obviously a critical detail yeah. that probably doesn't get <laughs> yeah. talked about a ton. Yeah. So a lot of people don't, don't realize it or didn't know that. A lot of people don't think it really mattered either. <laughs> so, you got a chance to play with some unbelievable players and, and starting in Seattle, uh, you know, Sean Kemp and Gary Payton, you mentioned some of the other players that really had an influence on you. But uh, I remember one of the first things I asked you when we met a few years ago uh, was about playing with Allen Iverson. And then you got to play with LeBron James. And those are two of the, the greatest players to, to play this game. Not that some of your other teammates don't fit into that category, but, what was it like playing with those two guys? I mean, it's it's for me, it's it's awesome. I mean, I, for to be able to say I play play with those guys, but more than anything, to be able to you know say I experienced some things with them that I know were good moments in their career, um, and I would like to think that some way or another um, I helped them. Um, if I'm able to say that, then. That's a good feeling. That's a good feeling for me that in one way, shape, or another, I helped them do something. Um, and experience the, the finals with both, especially experience the, the, the finals with 
<clears throat> Allen because we was a part of the process of getting to that point and us being around the same age uh, and then experiencing, even though we didn't win it in Cleveland, but experiencing that feeling with LeBron, who we're both from Northeast Ohio. Um, so that was a, a, a special moment, too, that, um, you know, we, even though we didn't win it, we wanted to win it. The fact that we were able to do something that have, that had never been done um, in that area that we're from was, was special. Those two guys have been under such a spotlight and microscope yeah. and, you know, their their careers have been, you know, not necessarily always picked apart in a negative way. Certainly at times that's been the case, but it seems like, you know, we know so much about their lives, but, but you got to spend time with them that, that I guess supersedes any of what uh, gets discussed in the media. What's something about those guys that you think is important for people to know that maybe doesn't get talked about enough? I mean, they, they like to have fun, man. They're good teammates, locker room, like, just they, they're regular guys, man. They're just extremely talented basketball players, but they're regular good guys. All right, now, after your career, uh, you have taken on coaching as, as the next challenge, and you, you know, we talked about some of the great coaches you had. Do, do you think that that had an impact on it? Like, if you didn't have some of the coaches you had, would this have been – something you wanted to do? Was this always in you, or did those guys maybe kind of push you in that direction because of your experiences with them as a player? I never had one coach push me into coaching, honestly. Um, I never had a coach say, hey, you should do this. Like, never really had it. I think that um, the two things that, that, that made me want to do it is the, my love for the games of basketball and my love for helping people. I'm able to accomplish um, two things in one thing, in one sport. And, you know, you played for Larry Brown, and then I know you were a part of Larry Brown's staff when, at SMU. What, what sort of an impact has he had? Because, you know, his coaching tree is obviously massive, and, and so many coaches say uh, that, you know, Larry Brown w- was so impactful for them. Uh, what what sort of impact has he had on you in that regard? Uh, he's been great. I mean, he, you know, gave me a great opportunity, obviously, with – Philadelphia and, and went in and was able to spend, you know, different time with him at SMU. Um, so, I, you know, it gave me an opportunity to get to know him better. Um, I think, you know, when you're when it's a player-coach relationship, you have a relationship, but it's different than when, when you're on the staff as a, you know, part of his staff. Um, so, I, so I'm happy to be able to experience that because then he was able to get to know me more. I got to know him more and he was able to get to know my family more. So I just think it made the bond um, bigger and better and and one that I'll cherish for my life. Now, you've coached to the professional ranks. You're currently with the Texas Legends. You've done the college side of things. Do you have, is there a specific goal? Like you want to run a college program or you want to be an NBA head coach or do you not necessarily approach it with a big goal in mind like that? Yeah, I don't really have an agenda. I would, I would. I enjoy doing both. I would enjoy coaching, you know, being a head coach in in college, in professional sports. I would love, enjoy being assisted in both. Um, I just kind of go with the opportunities that are there, but the focus never changes. To, to do all I can to help and get better um, and try to help other people um, pursue their dreams and continue to improve is man on and off the court. 